Hey, I'm Erin Bridgman, a money mindset and management coach for the creative entrepreneur. I'm the girl behind the Wealthy Woman Movement that's reaching thousands and expanding each and every month. And I'm so glad you've decided to join this community too. Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast for creative female entrepreneurs looking to get strategic with their money. I believe that wealthy women will change the world. And in this podcast, we include money-related mindset and management tips and practical business advice you can apply right away. No fluff here. It's time to take action. Let me shoot it to you straight. Talking about money is like talking about sex. It's vulnerable and uncomfortable, but so necessary. And that's why I've created a judgment-free zone where women like you can trade the shame and money skeletons in your closet with empowerment and confidence that helps you master your money. I'm both the creative and the nerd, the no bullshit friend and your hype girl. And I'm excited to be your guide on your money journey. All your dreams are tied to money. So it's time to get that money working for you so you can make your dreams a reality together. Your business should be the catalyst to living your dream life. So don't let your money be the obstacle. Grab your notebook and your favorite drink and let's dive in. Hello, wealthy women, and welcome back to the show. Today, I am sitting across the room, virtual room, from two beautiful ladies, Heather and Jamie, and they run a community called Conquer Live. And I'm very excited. They love to do all the business work, all the financial work, those fun conversations that help us grow and expand. And they work specifically with photographers. So I'm very excited for today's conversation for us to sort of do a round round table style is what we were talking before we press record um, discussion around these things. And, and I'm very excited. So before we jump into that conversation, I would love for Heather and Jamie, just for you to introduce yourselves individually, share a little bit about your individual businesses and personally, and then let's hear about Conquer Live as well before we jump in. Love it. <laughs> well, I am Heather Lysi. My business is Heather Marie Photography. I'm a wedding and senior photographer based in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And I also do some education. I have a love for taxes. <laughs> so there's just a little side of me that just loves to talk numbers. So this is right up my alley. And Jamie and I, who will introduce herself shortly, have come together back in 2019, met at another conference. And then from there and through the crazy journey of COVID and all that that brought, we started this Conquer community. And we are just so excited to be here with you guys. All right, Jamie, go for it. Thought I was going to get off the hook there. Heather's just going to like <laughs> go ahead and introduce me. I just got it started. <laughs> uh, but I am you up, girl. Yep. <laughs> I am Jamie uh, with Jamie Fisher Collective, a photographer also based in PA. I am a photographer and educator. Now, my love for education truly has been mentorships and getting to deep dive in the back end of things. So, similarly to Heather, we just really enjoy empowering other photographers and small business owners to build sustainable businesses because uh, we love what you do and we know that you are smart and talented and we want you to stick around. <laughs> so fun. So you each have your own photography business, which is something that you guys have grown and scaled over the years and you kind of organically met and, and created this conquer community. Will you share a little bit more about that community, how it sort of works if people are interested, like how they can get involved? Just share just a little bit about that. Oh yeah, absolutely. We have just loved 
working with photographers for the past three years now, but we did notice a common trend in the questions that were coming up. We have bi-weekly free coaching calls that everyone is able to come to still to this day. We noticed a common thread in all the questions that were coming up is that they were struggling in the back end of the business and the numbers were something that they were getting hung up on. And from all of those questions kind of spawned more of a tight-knit community. We saw that the people that were showing up were very vulnerable and, and trusted us with the backend knowledge, which only opened themselves up for success because then we truly knew how to help them. Um, quickly, we had other educators jump in as well and just that burst our hearts wide open as far as what the impact could be from something that started as just like this little thing to do during the pandemic. And so now we want to strip away the scary and reveal the magic of knowing their numbers for them to build these businesses. And so we now have Conquer Live, live event that photographers can come and learn all the ins and outs of the back end of their business. And it is actually tailored to the physical ticket holders. So that's something that is unique. We look at what their businesses are like. We ask them questions about their current struggles. And then we actually choose the education that's going to be there for that round based on those ticket holders' needs. So amazing. How many people typically go to the live event? So this past year we had 13 attendees come. So we really love to make it a tight knit community. The reason for that is we really love the idea of having a two to one ratio with our educators to attendees. We want them to be able to feel comfortable and just break down the barriers between an educator and attendee so that they can just go up and ask them questions. Last year, we had people at the lunch table on the couches outside on the porch, just chatting all throughout the weekend. And that's what we wanted it to do. We didn't want them to feel like they had to wait for the educator to talk on the stage. And that was the only time they got to hear from them. We wanted to break down those barriers and just create a big family and community throughout the whole weekend for them to learn. I love it. Today's topic is one that I care about a ton. In fact, it's one that I'm often going on to shows talking about what are the numbers that you need to know inside of your business, sort of talking through that side of things, as well as money mindset and personal finance. So I'm excited for us to have this conversation because, you know, sometimes we need to hear it from other people and we need to hear it in other ways, with other verbiage, with other tools, with other perspective. And so I feel like the three of us here are just like three exclamation points to the same thing of <laughs> know your numbers, numbers free you. And so I'm really excited to be able to jam together in this conversation. You said you've seen this commonality. What do you feel like are the most common struggles you see photographers face when it comes to understanding their numbers? And how do you see them like really getting through those breakthroughs and overcoming that? I love this. And I think we probably all will have a different perspective. I love how you explained what this is going to be like, because that was awesome. I don't know that I could come up with those three exclamation points. <laughs> I would say number one that comes to mind is the inaccuracy of just what it takes to run a business. So an inaccurate handle of the business expenses themselves is a huge struggle. What we're seeing business owners perceive as what their expenses are, are I mean, minuscule, like 10% of what their actual expenses are. And so overcoming those challenges is simply 
taking the time, not being afraid, breaking down every expense, you know, running your cost of doing business spreadsheet, and then also keeping that up to date. Heather, yeah. I know you probably have something <laughs> that goes a little bit along those lines as well. Yeah. From that, then I think the next thing is just knowing how to price yourself. Once you have your expenses, you don't want to just price yourself to cover those expenses. You obviously want to make a profit because this is your job and you have to pay for other things and also be able to treat yourself a little bit. Um, and so knowing how to price yourself and one way you can do that is once you have those expenses, then creating a percentage based off of that for your profit. And then that will set you up for what your numbers should be and what you should charge. And so it's not just finding your expenses, but then building off of it and giving yourself a buffer to have a profit. And then also if there's other expenses that might come up, you have enough money to cover it so that you're not in the hole. I love it. So you're talking about like really looking at your numbers of expenses and interesting statistic that Jamie, you mentioned that people tend to think they only spend 10% of what they actually do. Um, so that's very fascinating. And I love how you're talking about building for profitability, Heather. When I work with people, we want to figure out their hourly rate. And so the, I like to add on that additional feature there, that additional perspective, because you really need to examine how much time it takes you to execute a service. And we have some tools and different spreadsheets that we run through. And we look through what is like pre-production, actual production, and post-production. Because if you sell a wedding at eight hours, that does not mean it takes you eight hours to do that. We know that there's consultations beforehand and pre-work and questionnaires and all of that. And then there's the actual planning for the day, shooting the day, and then there's all the post-production, whether that is editing and culling or album design, all those things. And so I think it's super important to know your expenses, create profitability, and really judge that against your hours so that you can make sure that you're selling packages that feel in alignment with how much you want to pay yourself per hour. And sometimes when I run people through this work, we find out that the packages that are like their highest cost package actually isn't their highest hourly rate. And so we have to do some adjusting around their pricing strategy because it's like, oh, I want to sell my top package. And I'm actually like, that's not making you the most money per hour. It's not going to be the one that sets you up best for longevity. Absolutely. It's like you're getting out of bed price. Like that's your minimum and then building off of that to go higher. <laughs> Heather, you mentioned in your intro that you love taxes. Tell me more about what the heck you mean by that and what, how you can help other people prepare, fall in love with whatever you mean by loving taxes. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> I might say that and I'm talking to another like small business owner, especially photographers. They're like, what the heck? And, like I came into this business to take pictures and I'm like, I did too, but I also love behind the scenes. <laughs> so yeah, I have a shop that actually has some spreadsheets in it for the tax purposes, but it's really what Jamie broke down in her last conversation about a struggle that photographers have. And it is a spreadsheet that basically does your cost of doing business. So it breaks down your expenses 
and your income monthly. And then based off of that sets you up and breaks down all of the different types of expenses you have so that when it comes tax season, you're not sitting there for hours and hours on end. You already have your numbers figured out and you can just send them to your accountant or put them in your tax system that you use. And I just want to give like a fresh breath on taxes because so many people wait until February or March or April, sadly, to do their taxes. And I'm like, if you just do like 30 minutes a week and do your expenses from the past week or do it once a month and it takes you an hour, like when tax season comes around, all you have to do is just send your numbers in. And so I just love talking about the freedom and I don't know. Yeah. Just the breath of fresh air of taxes, because it's really not as daunting as people make it. It's just because they wait until last minute and then you have a deadline and you're like, crap. And then that's when you start to do your taxes. (laughs) So when you talk about cost of goods, are you referring to an actual profit and loss statement? Like having people do their P&L sheets? Is that what you're referring to? Yes. Yes. So I, I know for me, like when I started my business, I didn't have enough money to bring on a bookkeeper or pay for QuickBooks monthly. And so this spreadsheet was what I used when I started my business. And yeah, it breaks down every single expense that you put into your business and then also the income that you get in. And monthly, it'll show you if you're in the positive or the negative, and then also breaks down every different expense category and how much you spend based off of them. Yes. I say like spreadsheets are sexy. That's a huge part of my money matrix system. And I have a PL sheet. And I think sometimes when I'm doing this money work with people, I look at what they're doing for their like tax prep. I'm like, oh Lordy, no wonder you're not doing this. This is like a absolute disaster. (laughs) So uh, of like, this is very intimidating and is not working like easily, especially with a creative's brain. So I love that you have a tool that you offer people that they can grab in their shop. That's beautiful. And a couple of things to add that I had when I'm working with people as far as prepping for taxes is I highly recommend that you open a bank account that is specific for tax savings and that you are putting aside the tax payment that you estimate every single month. Yes. And yes. Yay. You're like, yes, yes. And a huge part of this is that you understand the percentage about that you need to pay on the profit of your business. Because most of us listening to the show are working to make more money in our business. And I have a memory back when I was doing photography. So very early on in my entrepreneur days, my husband and I were like, we had shot like six weddings and then we went to like 30 weddings and then we increased our prices. And meanwhile, we're setting aside about the same money that we set aside for taxes previous years. But the problem is if you make more money, you're going to pay more in taxes. <laughs> and so I just want to say there's a very simple equation that I teach people to help them figure out the percentage, and then you put that on your profit. And so obviously I am not an accountant. None of us are accountants. So like, don't take this like verbatim, like, but this will give you an estimate is to figure out what was your profit last year and what was your tax payment last year and divide your tax payment by your profit. And that will generate a percentage for you and then round it up a little bit just for good measure 
And I literally just did this with somebody, a, a photographer before this. It was at 16%. I said, okay, we're going to put it at 20% and then save that on your profit every month, put it into that bank account. Do you guys have any other tips around taxes and preparing for taxes that you want to share? I just have one little thing to add. When you put it up a little bit, the percentage for how much to goes to taxes, once you pay your taxes and if you have anything left over, it's like this nice little bonus to start off your year for getting you ready for the next year. I love it. Like I'm like, oh, I get to pay myself because I didn't have to spend that money for taxes. Let me just give it to me to either use for something personal or put it back into my business. So I love that you mentioned just putting it up a little bit more. Hey, hey, I just wanted to pop in here really quickly to share about how I might be able to support you in 2024 to reach your financial goals. Right now, I am taking applications for those six-figure entrepreneurs who are ready to delve deep into creating sustainable financial change. If you know how to make money, but you really aren't sure how to keep it, and at the end of the year, you're wondering where the heck has it gone, let's talk. If you know how to make money, but you're ready for a raise, you're ready for your business to pay you more without working more, let's talk. Inside of my signature money program, I will take you from money anxiety to money empowerment by putting you in the driver's seat of both your money management and your money thoughts. This is so that your business can serve to be the catalyst to reaching your personal money goals. This could look like having a secure savings account, making sure that you're creating good investments, that you're paying down debt, that you're able to go on that dream vacation and you can feel confident investing inside of your business, hiring, all those things. Making more money isn't your solution. It's optimizing your current money to work for you. If this sounds like you, I would love for you to grab the link in the show notes and still add an application so we can get on a discovery call and see if working together might be the magic that you need in 2024. Ah, I can't wait to chat. It's such an honor to partner with brilliant women like yourself. So why do you think so many creative entrepreneurs, I know you guys work specifically with photographers, what do you see as the common themes or the common mindsets or beliefs that keep them shying away from the financials? What are you guys seeing? Of course, like I I want to I want to see your side of like I think we could really enhance each other's views and abilities to help people. <laughs> so I think for me and I kind of mentioned it earlier in this chat, um, so many people become a photographer or become a small business owner for the specific niche that it is. Like photographers want to take pretty pictures or someone who owns a shop wants to sell the jewelry that they make. Whatever it is, they go into business because they're like, this is what I love to do. And that is that. And when they realize that there's so much behind the scenes, like for photographers, they always joke 20% of it is shooting. 80% of it is everything else to get your business running. And so, so many people just go into it for that creative outlet and then realize, oh crap, I have so much more that I have to do to keep my business going. And so they just kind of push off the numbers because it's not the thing that they want to do. Yeah. It's almost a, a fantasized version of what it's like to be a business owner when they go into it. Because when you become a business owner and you're like, signing your LLC, it's all excitement and you're really honed in on what you want to do and why you want to do it and who you're helping. And that kind of gets like, it feeds the creative side of you. And so 
you don't want to do anything else and your brain kind of shuts that off um, is what we're seeing for people in within those first like few years, or at least the ones that aren't fully dependent on that income right away. Most people are coming from either working alongside a, you know, quote unquote, full-time regular, like nine to five job and working toward it. And I think without that push for those that don't have to jump in head first and that be their sole resource of finances, it takes a little bit longer and they do have kind of that freedom to have a fantasy about it. But Heather and I are trying to tip the scales of what those statistics look like, which I think we have numbers to share later, but they're, they're very, very daunting, especially when it comes to the photography, small businesses. But our hope with all of this is to showcase that small steps can achieve your big dreams. And it doesn't have to be so scary. The power that you have from knowing those numbers and doing the not so fun things, make it fun for you later as you're like sowing those seeds in the beginning. So Jamie, I hear you talking about this idea of you sort of get to live in fantasy world at the beginning and that kind of produces habits and it produces a musculature around what you do that kind of builds the foundation. And so I love that you are working with people to help them more early on start to adapt this mindset of like, it's so empowering and so important to dive into your numbers. I'm excited. You said you have some numbers. I don't know what that is, but I'm like, Ooh, I want to know what that is. So we'll get to that in a second. And then Heather, I think like you're so right on about people coming. They're like, they want to be photographers. You know, they didn't necessarily choose to start a business Many times it's by accident that it becomes a business. They're like, oh my gosh, I just love photography. And they get the camera and they start shooting and then they start charging a little bit and then charging more. And all of a sudden they have this company. And by definition, if you have a business, you need to know your numbers because it's not a hobby anymore. It's a business, mm -hmm. which means you need to have profitability and you need to be able to generate reports and, you know, do things to put in taxes and all those things. So I love that all of our missions are so aligned. And one thing I say often is because I think particularly with women, we have a lot of shame or a lot of like felt judgment, whether it's, if it's real or not real around a desire to want money or a desire for wealth. And, you know, I love to say that your if you examine your goals of what you want right now, if you look at your annual goals or your dream life in three years, I guarantee that a majority of your goals have a dollar sign next to them. And yet we somehow sort of separate that idea. So many times, one of the common things, and I'd love to hear what you guys hear, hear from your people, but like many times when I'm working with people, it's they want to travel more. They want to be able to give their kids experiences or have them go to particular schools or extracurriculars. They want more time with their family. They want, you know, they want to have securities. So they want some savings. All of these literally have dollar signs. Like you want to travel. Okay. What's your dream trip? How much does your dream trip cost? Yes. Or you want more time with your kids or your family. Okay. Money helps amplify that. So 
you don't do the laundry or clean the house. You pay somebody to do that. Or you have a meal delivery system that helps you like cook dinner in half the time. Like, I just think I love to bring that into the conversation to be like, stop demonizing the very thing you want because you're repelling it versus attracting it. What do you guys think about that idea? I'm like, I'm, I'm all in right now. I love what you just said. And also from a personal perspective, when you hit on, because I think it's, it's kind of obvious if you take a minute to sit down and say, okay, well, my goal is, you know, this trip, it's going to cost money to go there. But where I have seen the hang up and that I personally had to just like convert myself to is wanting more time with your family. If you make that a priority and you're making that happen, it does have a direct cost, right? Like whatever you're making, whatever money you're making elsewhere is going to pay for basic human needs, shelter, food, like you need those things. So if you're taking your time away from any money-making avenues and just doing that, you're going to deplete at some time. And I think like for females specifically, that can be hard, especially if they are growing their families or it's tasks that they find like that they can do easily making that switch to how much they're actually gaining if they went ahead with that. And they put, they put a a monetary value because that's how our world works, but it's really hard to shift non-tangible things like time. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting. So, so many people say, I mean, again, because as women, we have this stigma or this, like, we don't want to say that we want money or we want wealth, or we're so disattached from it internally because of societal structures and because of like how, how we grow up. So many reasons people are like, I just want time freedom. I'm like, okay, how do you get time freedom? You know, like when I'm looking and doing this work with photographers, you're still editing your photos. Let's <laughs> take so much freaking time. Guess what? We could we could take money and give you time. And so I love to say, well, money buys you time, honey. And so they aren't separate. They're together. Mm -hmm. Is that going to be your next slide on Instagram? Money buys you time. I should do that. (laughs) And you know, another conversation I have and that I think is really important in this whole topic is, so first people will start to get this with their business. So they will start to outsource in their business. And, and that feels like expansive for them. And, and, and people are growing their musculature. They, they're like, okay, I'm going to start paying for editing or I'm going to start paying for a VA or social media or whatever. And what I have been challenged by recently about like two years ago, and what I love to talk about too, is doing that in your personal life. And as entrepreneurs, you know, you should know your hourly rate. You should have an idea of what that is. And I found myself, okay, I'm like willing to outsource and hire and have team in real estate and do it in my business, but I'm still folding laundry and I'm still doing all this stuff inside my home, which particularly, I don't don't think men struggle with this the way that women do. (laughs) Um, And I had to be like, okay, I am a mother of two little girls. I have running two different businesses. The laundry does not care who folds it. (laughs) the meal does not care who cooks it. And yet it is this social thing with women of like, wow, that must be so bougie that you have personal help. And like, you have to kind of really work through that because 
you know, if I don't do the laundry, that buys me back five hours and I can either use that five hours in my company to go make way more money than I just paid someone to do my laundry. Or I get to just like stare into Juniper's eyes and enjoy that or like go get a massage for myself. And so I really love to even push people beyond the idea of, of their value and time in their business, but really start pushing into all the ways you can think about that in your personal world. What do you think about that? What do you guys think, Heather? This speaks to me so much. I hate cleaning. Like sweeping a floor sounds like the worst thing to me. So much so that I would rather edit, do taxes, anything other than that. And so honestly, that was one of the first things I outsourced. And you're so right. There is such a stigma on like, oh, you have a cleaning lady. You're up, up, uppity up kind of a thing. And really it's not. I just don't like doing it. I would rather do something in my business or just go sit outside or go for a walk or work out or something instead of cleaning my house. Like instantly, that's just like a shudder to me thinking of having to pull out a vacuum. So I love that you were talking about this because it's so true. And we talk to our community about it all the time. Like just because we say outsource, we do not mean it has to be in your business. It can be something in your personal life life too. Mm. Just like surround yourself with the stuff you love to do and let the other things go because you don't need to be doing all of them. Jamie, what's something that you outsourced that maybe you have like a block towards and then you like outsourced it and then you just like felt so much freedom from doing that. A personal one. So interesting. Anything, any, (laughs) I think just like sharing this with people gives people expansion and ideas and like knowing like we're real people too. And we have to work through our own stuff and get there as well. I think actually one thing that I had a hard time doing is outsourcing blogging because I'm like, oh, it needs to be my voice. Nobody Mm -hmm. else can write it. And then all you need, all you need for any of this is truly a system to make it easy and you can still have parts of you in it. So when it comes to blogging in particular, I sit in the parking lot before I leave and I dictate my little notes, like anything fun that happened that only I would know, you know, so that's still in there and I send it off. Somebody else writes it and puts all the SEO lovely stuff in there and it still sounds like me. And so that's like a way that I can still have myself in there and not lose it, make it not sound like a robot, but it all works out. And I had a really hard time just converting to that And then something that was really freeing and because we're all, you know, we've all been exposed to photography businesses in here. The fall is crazy town. (laughs) It is nuts. And in the fall, our household would become, it, it just looked like a hurricane because you're dropping bags and you're back out and you're just swapping batteries and you're still back out. And even with the kids, like we're shuffling them around, then their stuff is piling up everywhere. And when we would come together for meals, there was lots of like buying out, eating out. We weren't eating as healthy. And so for an entire like fall season, I was like, I've had enough of this Meal time is our sacred time. And we did a meal service, which actually became really fun for us to come together and make it. And I don't know if you guys struggle with this, with any type of cooking, but making sure that everything ends up finished at the exact same time is difficult for me. 
And so I'll have like mushy potatoes over here, but like this part of the meal is not done yet. And the way that it had it all laid out, everything is done at the exact same time. And it's like perfect. And it also created some time for us to connect as a family, or even if just myself and my husband were doing it, it gave us that time together. And then also to be able to sit down at a meal and it gave me way more than I thought it would. Mm, I love that. From a mindset perspective, I think something as people are listening in, I would love for you to think about where are you finding resistance with outsourcing and with this value of your time and your desire for money and dig into the resistance a little bit, because oftentimes when we dig in, we find like what the belief is that's not true or, you know, like, oh, people are going to think this of me or, you know, I have to work really, really hard. It has to be hard to make money. So I can't simply push past like, oh, I can just voice memo and outsource it. No, 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 no. I'm going to make up the story that it has to be me. Otherwise it won't be authentic. And so I really want people who are listening in to take a pause, take a moment and think about where are you sensing resistance and what's the the deeper narrative, the deeper story that you're telling yourself there that you sort of need to talk through because on the other side of it, Jamie, something that I want to highlight that you said was like the joy that you have around the dinner table now in a time that could be very chaotic and very stressful. You chose to press into a solution And to maybe push past even like, oh, that's so bougie. You have a meal service or wait, you're not cooking dinner, like whatever. And you're getting to experience the joy that's way more important than all these like lies and and things that we let ourselves sometimes get caught up in. Okay. I want to wrap up the show with like some numbers. I know you guys said you had some data, some numbers. So like, I don't know what those are, but I just think that'll lead us in a really cool space as we wrap up the conversation. So tee those up for us. <laughs> I love this. Okay. Let's just jump in. Um, so for us, <laughs> I just got so excited that I was like, oh, okay. Um, for us, we really wanted to just highlight some numbers in small businesses that we've learned. And just like you mentioned, it is so hard in those first couple of years, just figuring everything out because you're doing the stuff you love, but then you're also getting slammed with all the other parts of the business that you weren't really expecting to have to do. And so one of the statistics that we have found is that sadly, 85% of small businesses fail in the first three years of their business. And a lot of times it is not knowing your numbers and just being overwhelmed with all the stuff you have to do and the amount of money that's coming in or not coming in and not being able to figure out how to combat that. And on top of that, within the first 10 years of business, 65% of those that kind of pass through the first three years fail and lose their businesses. And it's just such a sad statistic to us. And that's why we have this community and we want to help business owners on that back end side of their business so that they can push past and be part of that 15% that gets past the first three years and be part of the 35% that gets past the 10 years. Because if this is what you love to do, you should be able to do it. And the number shouldn't be the thing that holds you up from doing it. Mm -hmm. So good. Thank you. If you're spending, yeah, if you're spending years on something (laughs) only for it to fail, one of the statistics off of that 
Here, Aaron, actually, I'll ask you and see if you get this right. Um, oh boy, I'll get nervous. <laughs> I, I, think, I think you'll get it. Um, of, of all of those businesses that fail, what do you think the highest percentage, the number one reason why they fail is? My guess would be a lot more about the mindset of them thinking that they're imposters or I, I would think that there's some component of mindset, which obviously then helped create your action. So whether they charge too little or they don't look at the numbers, so they don't actually have a profitable business model and then they burn out, right? This is my guess of like the thinking that produces the action, feeling like you're an imposter. So then you don't charge right. Then you don't have enough money or you make so little per hour that you just burn out. That's my guess. I love how you just laid it all out like a snowball effect, but I think- Honestly, I think you're 100% right of the core reason. We found that 82% of the businesses that fail is due to cash flow. And so that's going to be from some reason, right? Why they're not pushing past that and creating that cash flow. The smallest like negative statistic that we could find is 40% of small business owners believe that they're unable to retire at retirement age. And so these numbers are just mind-blowingly high for the amount of time that people are putting into these businesses, the amount of heart that they're putting behind it, the reasons that they're doing it, the communities that they're impacting, whether they be in business for three years or five or or they fizzle out at 10, they're making an impact, but it's not, it's not sustainable. Like it, it's not happening. And it's for something so I'm just gonna say like it's it's for something so stupid, right? It's not it's not that they didn't have the talent. It's not that they didn't have the heart. They just didn't have the stinking cash flow. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, I hate it. I'm getting, I'm getting real like passionate about it because I I'm love like, it. this is the I'll reason <laughs> we can fix the reason. <laughs> yes, you can. I love it so much. Okay. So as we wrap up and knowing that cash flow over 80% of my businesses fails is that I want to hear from both of you. So you get to pick your like number one, like piece of financial advice to help entrepreneurs with the longevity of their companies when it comes to the back end, when it comes to the numbers. So who wants to go first? I have mine. <laughs> okay, go. I'm gonna be go Just in case she says okay. the same thing, I'm going to win. <laughs> I feel like if there was a buzzer, Heather was like, <laughs> like ready to hit it. Okay. I love it. <laughs> um, mine would definitely be to start early. I know like if you only have one client, you're like, oh, it's fine. I'll figure it out later. Uh, My numbers are fine right now. It's one person, income comes in, one expense goes out and that's it. But if you can get your numbers and those percentages figured out and have your spreadsheets created, then when you start getting those other clients and it becomes 10, 50, 100 people, your systems are already in place that you know that you're bringing in the amount of money you need to. And then it's able to cover your expenses, give you a profit and pay for those tax seasons. I think that's the number one thing. Start earlier than you think you need to so that you're set up for when your business takes off. It's so important for habit formation. Yes. Okay. Jamie, what do you got? All right. Well, Heather likes to steal my answers a lot. (laughs) I had another one this time, Uh, but it does play into that and actually like enable you to do those things. So from day one, you know, you're there, you're signing your business license. When you look at your work week, set aside one day, like it can be Mondays is the day that I'm going to work on my business. 
and keep that boundary with a vengeance. Like nobody is penetrating that Monday wall and that is dedicated to working on your business. Because if you don't and you're chasing the fun, right? The the stuff that you really want to do, eventually you're going to have to run it like a business and then you'll have no time. You'll have already given all of your time to the doing of your business and not the growing aspect and the sustainability. Ooh, I love it. Gosh, this is such a good conversation. I know we could go on forever. Um, Thank you for the beautiful work that you're doing in the world and for empowering other creatives to stay in the game. I always say that entrepreneurship is a marathon, not a sprint. And I think that the conversation we've had today has really helped to illuminate really critical pieces that will help people stay in their passion, stay in alignment, make the impact and the money that they dream about. So appreciate you guys so much. I would love for, I know you have a really cool resource for people listening in a 52 weeks of free education. So will you share about that and where people can find you as we wrap up today? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. We do have the resource that Erin just mentioned. It is 52 weeks of free education sent straight to your inbox. So every week it is tangible tips, literally a step-by-step mini strategy based around something at the back end of your business. So this applies not only to photographers, even though our community is all photography related, the questions are coming directly from their mouths. And so we're addressing those and giving you strategies to move forward in your business with that. Heather, you want to tell them where to get it? Yeah. Like it was mentioned, we can have all those links dropped at the bottom of this. So there will be a link for that. And then also you can join our community and the family that we have on Instagram at the conquer community. And then we also have a Facebook group that's conquering your first few years in business. And there we take all of the, the chats and conversations we have on those clubhouse rooms and bring them into there so that if you missed one, or if you want to grab a resource that we chatted about, you can hop in there and grab all of that stuff. And then also find connections in the email list. And if you are a photographer and want to join us at Conquer Live this coming year, we have it in January and we are just so excited for round two and the amount of educators and all the knowledge they're about to bring is just going to be amazing. Yay. Oh my goodness. Thank you guys for the work that you're doing in this world and go follow them, grab those resources, the 52 weeks of education. I love that it's actionable. Love just being able to like get practical, put it into action. So go grab that. And thanks again for joining us today.